0: stupid hearts club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts but if you've fallen deeply in love with the show or me even though that's a bit weird because we've never met then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to do with the fact that, in real life, I leave socks and half-drunk glasses of water everywhere. Either way, I'm very happy you're here, so please, enjoy the show. you
1: It's good to be together, Stupid Hearts Club forever. Let's look inside our minds, you never know what we might find. Yes, welcome back to Stupid Hearts Club, with my first guest since I went mental. Jason Hazely so, um, so,
0: if I could just speak over you. If I could just it, immediately what, speak just
2: over you. It's. I mean.
0: After you. The good thing. Ah! We haven't done this before for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of us know whose turn no, it is. We're not
2: doing it again either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what do we talk about
2: well the last time we spoke we were talking about um whether it would be possible to make repeated visits to a fireplace shop (laughs) Uh, go back in there and go hello mate and him say oh yeah you were in last week you you bought a a large fireplace didn't you yeah yeah i'm thinking of of swapping it for maybe (laughs) getting something a bit different what yeah. already? Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling that one. Yeah. So let's have, let's have a look at some
1: have other. You got anything a bit more? Yeah, a bit more <laughs> just, bells and just whistles. A bit more, you
0: know. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's sitting around the fire. Yeah, <laughs> it's sitting around it's the, the fire. It's In the same place as the fire.
2: It's, so it is a, It's a fireplace. It does what it says.
0: Screwed onto the wall, lovely. It's it's even. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's not on fire. But uh, it just feels a bit safe. So I just. Yeah, thinking of just changing it up a bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Something a bit more kind of, you know, with a bit more pizzazz. Bells and whistles. What's the fireplace equivalent of bells and whistles? Pokers and spades, isn't it? You know, I suppose it is, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. What's the fireplace equivalent of having dark windows in your car? I want that. <laughs> Put in a
0: fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the idea of uh, changing up things that you only ever buy once as a repeated character was quite a fun That's idea, great, that.
2: isn't it? That, yeah. What else do you only buy? I, do you know, I've had one experience once, right? Where I went... I wanted to buy an umbrella, right? And I was just round the corner from that. There was this preposterous um, and incredible... Umbrella shop in Holborn in London. I know where you mean. James Smith and Sons. And yeah. it's like it's it's got the same shop front and interior basically and probably staff yeah. as it had when it opened in 18 something, right? Okay, and oh, yeah. I thought I really want to go in there, I want to find out what it's like to go in that shop because it's it's such a museum. Mm. Um, and I went in there once and I bought an umbrella and it was a it was a it was a fantastic experience um, because I went I walked in and started looking at umbrellas and the guy came over and said, Can I help, sir? Um I, I never I never got out of the third person when he was talking <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. about me. <clears throat> and I said, Yeah, I want to buy an umbrella and he said, Is is it for Sir? And I said, Yes it is and he said, Perhaps we should look at the men's umbrellas then. And on the other side of the shop were an identical set of umbrellas <laughs> which were the men's apparently. So I went over there and he said, And what sort of uh what sort of umbrella is Sir looking for? And I said, I don't know, something with I mean it's black, um Something with a nice classic wooden handle, maybe something like that. And he showed me a couple of things. And I bought something. Um, here you are, sir. And then he showed. He said, I will show sir exactly how to shake the umbrella out. And showed me how to shake the umbrella out. Really? And then he wrapped it for me and I paid is, for it. Is there it. anyone
0: who can't do that?
2: No, there's a method. Right. There is a method. There's also a method of rolling the umbrella. I'll show sir how to roll the umbrella. Ah, that, that's t- that's um, fair enough. And then at the end of it, he handed it over to me as if it were some kind of ceremonial mace, (laughs) and said to me, and with this, sir, I hope to never see sir again, because our umbrellas last a lifetime.
0: Big claims. Yeah. Big claims. Did it last, or did you just lose it? I have. Left it on the bus? No, I
2: I haven't left it yet, but but (coughs) I haven't haven't lost it yet. The only reason I haven't lost it yet is that I refuse to use it, because I'm worried about losing it. (laughs) Because I've lost every other umbrella I ever owned. And this one's got a nice handle.
0: I mean, if you're not going to take it out in the rain, what else could you do with it? It just makes makes near the front door look interesting. It
2: does. It makes near the front door look interesting. During the really hot, weird pandemic spring of 2020, I used to sit in the garden and work with it over my laptop, so my laptop
0: didn't catch fire. What, did you wedge it? Did you hold it like a lady? No, I just stuck it on the table. <laughs> no. i not sitting there holding it I like, like a lady,
2: are- doing one-handed
0: typing. There'd be no ease in anything. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I've never had an umbrella longer than two days, I don't think, what? so I just, I've just no. just made peace with getting wet. I know what you mean. It looks good, though, plus it's a weapon. That's true, yeah, yeah. A proper umbrella. Mean, was that guy
2: who got, was poisoned with an umbrella? Georgie someone or other on Blackfriars Bridge, yeah. wasn't it, in the 70s?
0: Was it the 70s, That I think so. Yeah, it was uh, one of the precursor early Russian hits for the ones that they just do whenever they feel like it now.
2: Yeah, quite. With In those days, with the actual kind of running away and no one getting caught for it rather than going, oh, we were looking at Selmsby Cathedral or whatever those two <coughs>
0: mutton-headed fuckers were saying. Yeah. Yeah, Jason's words, not mine. Yeah. I, I personally think <laughs> that uh, our, our new Russian leaders um, have got every right to view a cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> But
2: um, yeah, that that someone was telling me the other day that you know all that mad architecture in Red Square, yeah, which looks like some looks like some like if 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 communists built Disneyland, that's yeah. what that's what it would look like, you know. Someone was telling me that Commiland. land, Someone was telling me that that's all designed by an Italian architect
0: taking a piss, wasn't he? Man, he was like, it was he just like making it up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't what, what are they, they like? Is it? I don't know. Well, I don't know, like Moscow Red Square. Where is it, Moscow? Do they like right. things that sort of look a bit like? Are they
2: pointy? Are they like, minarets or are they? Hats? Yeah, what about, what about
0: bulbs? Bulbs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is a bulb-themed roof. Uh, I can't make pictures. this out. Does that say point? Does that say pointy or bulbs?
2: Yeah, My, <laughs> oh, I can't this We just do rhythmic? a bit of both. Just yeah. do
0: pointy bulbs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry about the. Argument it is sound, it is
0: impressive it? looking. It In is. fact, Russia generally is uh, especially kind of. You know, whenever whenever you see kind of old Russia, it kind of just looks, you know, um rich and opulent and all the rest of it. It's, it's yeah. odd that it then immediately, you know, changed into, you know, what we now imagine is sort of drab and, you know, prefab kind of like blocks and all the rest of it. Apart from it takes the piss of it, doesn't it? Like all those years when uh communism was uh you know, at its peak and everyone had to live in featureless tower blocks except the government who lived in what looks like the fucking Christmas room in Harrods. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um aren't we supposed to be you know, like all on a bit of an even keel here? Oh yeah we are in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean in here yeah. you wanna see it, it's it's terrible. Terrible, it's terrible in, in, in here. Don't in be here. fooled <laughs> <laughs> Don't be fooled by the bulbs that I got. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm still commie from the block. <laughs> I'm
0: still Lenin from the block.
2: <laughs> you've been to Russia? No, no. But you've got Russian heritage, don't you? Somewhere I have yeah. a few well, generations
0: above you. So they say. You know, my—I mean, I think my granddad would turn in his grave if he said, oh, "Am I Russian?" Then. But the Tatars of Tatarovich—that means son of Tatar. Does the, it? Yeah, the oh, Tatars right. are not to be confused with the Tatars, but let's... Who are sources, aren't they, who, maybe? Yeah, well, well, I think that is where that came from. Right. But um, it's your Mongol hordes, isn't it? Is it? Is it yeah. your Mongol hordes? Is it? it's, a, it's an ethnic uh, group, actually uh, moderate uh, Muslims. Right. So, like, when you get into the kind of mountainous bits in between Russia and China and you've got, like... You know, not just Christianity or or communism. Yeah, there's 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 some interesting little ethnic groups out there that no one ever really talks about. But yeah, Tatarstan is is right now is still it's a republic. It's near Georgia. Is it? Wow. I so really, I would imagine it's part of the world at the moment that is hoping that the shit doesn't hit the fan and you know. I think they're I think they're loyal to Russia at yeah. the moment. But yeah, it's quite weird when he, when I found this out it was about ten, fifteen years ago. I was like, who? You, you you Wikipedia it and up comes like, you know, an area with a say a border, it's not a country, it's a republic. But they've got a flag and everything. Wow. So for a bit I had that on my desktop and then I thought, uh, I don't know anything about them, so Maybe I should but you're, like but not you're a, like walking around with a swastika on, not knowing what it is. Yeah, for all I know.
2: Looks nice. I think it's a sort of clock, but with four hands. No, it's <laughs> yeah. not. It's not, mate. It seems to be trying to chase it. itself. I think you'll find it's a Hindu symbol. Actually, no. Yes, mm, yes, yeah. I know. But but yeah. can we? But you know where we've seen it most,
0: don't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so there's, so a, there's Russian a, in there. Son <clears> of the Tatars, then. Son of Tatar. So Ovich, which I didn't know. Someone could be listening to this, and that's just bollocks. But that's what I got. No, told. that's anyway. right,
2: because that's because in 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 Russia, your name is patronymic, isn't it? So um, v- Vladimir Putin is known as Vladimir Vladimirovich because he's a son of oh, someone I've called old. Vladimir. Yeah. I've always
0: wondered that when watching, like I don't know, a Chekhov play or and they say Ivan Ivanovich, yeah, and they always say both.
2: Why do they always get named after their dads? Yeah, why can't it be Vladimir Ivanovich?
0: Yeah, Is and it... if if you already know that, you don't need to say the second bit. I know that's because it'd be like it? Jason, Jason's kid. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like, just call me Jason. Nico Nicholson. <laughs> you know, it's just not. You don't need it, do you? Weird.
1: Yeah.
2: Um um, the other thing we were talking about was um uh the the jauntiness of the abusive relatable, abusive relationships in um Beatles songs
0: we were yeah we were, and uh the wife beatles <laughs> yeah the wife the wife beatles have got a lot of songs early on, especially on hard day's night, which have got terrifying. Aggressive lyrics, aren't they? Yeah. Which, which was the well, worst?
2: You Was it You Can't Do That? Was that the worst? It's pretty bad. I'm going to find I've it I told now. you. i catch you talking to that boy again. Yeah. I'm going to let you down and leave you flat. I've told you before, you
0: can't do that. You can't do that. Um, there we go. I've got something to say that might cause you pain if I catch you talking to that boy again. Yeah, just, not just talking. Not even... Not you even know? flirting. Yeah, not yeah, not not smiling. Not sat you. on a swing with him. No, and giggling coquettishly, yeah. even though you've arrived at a party together. Yeah, just talking to him. I'm going to let you down and leave you flat because I told you before. Oh, you can't do that. I'm going to let you down and leave you flat. That's that's one of the few
2: instances I would say in all of pop where someone is being treated like a tyre. <laughs> <laughs> There aren't many tire metaphors in uh, even in abusive love songs.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and he goes on to say it's the second time I've caught you talking to me. Yeah,
2: you've done this before. Do you've I have to tell you to one him. more
0: time? I think it's a sin. It's not.
2: It's not a sin. It's, it's not. It's not a sin. And also, what the fuck are you doing talking about sin? When did you suddenly become a
0: virtuous Catholic? <laughs> yeah. Nonsense. It's a sin for you to talk to that boy. And he's justifying his uh, aggression by saying, "So please listen to me, if you want to stay mine." If you want to stay mine. Said yeah. please. Yeah, I mean that's an if, you know, like your choice. Yeah. I can't help my feelings. I'll go out of my mind now. Now that's That's, not... that's another thing that's changed, isn't it? We already got to be responsible for our own feelings, yes. John.
2: Yes, and also that's a hell of a flex I, I can't help my feelings I'll go out of my mind you know I mean that could have been you know there was all sorts of stuff written in the dirt on the back of the Yorkshire Rippers van oh right that could have been there couldn't it <laughs> I can't help my feelings I'll go out of my mind
0: <laughs> brackets John Lennon um what was the other one this hang on hard day's night um yeah there was another there's one a, there's a worse one Should have known better. I mean, they're all they're all quite passive aggressive, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, this should have known better.
2: There's a tough there's a tough bit in um, getting better, isn't there? I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her. Right. I kept her apart from the things that she loved. Uh, Which songs that? Getting better, Sergeant Pepper. Oh right,
0: yeah, that was the one. I beat
2: her though. That feels like we don't.
0: We just. where's the one where he says he'll kill her? Is that in that? <laughs> oh, that's the, that's the song
2: I'll kill you of,
0: please, me. <laughs> no, we were looking at it the other day. Is that in... Maybe that's in... <laughs> Is there a death threat in one? Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: All right, what, hang we, on. What
0: have we been singing all this time? Right, getting better, Beatles. It's
2: There's no death threat in there, I'm sure. I mean, used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her and kept her apart from the things that she loved. When he says kept her apart from the things that she loved, does he mean like her kids or does he mean like i don't know salad
0: <laughs> i reckon more that more salad puppies yeah <laughs> pet <laughs> shops yeah lemon drizzle cake right so yeah uh <laughs> he, he says this is this is a
2: hell of a line to
0: open a song with isn't it well this no this I'm still on that one, right? Oh, right. So I, that, that, that verse is: I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her and kept her apart from the things that she loved. Man, I was mean. But I'm changing my scene and I'm doing the best that I can. Oh, that's all right then. But in brackets, he says, "Fool, you fool." So is that because <laughs> obviously John was singing it? Paul's is Paul having a dig at John there, or is he? Is he basically behind John's back to the girl saying, Don't believe that, he's still a twat. Oh, yeah. Fool, you fool. You fool. Either way, they were young and it was the sixties, yeah. but no one nobody had, let's Different face times. it, no one had a control of their emotions on any level until at least nineteen ninety four.
2: That's true, yes. <laughs> that's when the Control of Emotions Act first came into was uh, passed in
0: Parliament, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, and that's because John Major wanted everyone to calm down a bit. <laughs> Heath, when you think about it, him he was he was the maybe he was the calmest influence. Is is he the calmest prime minister we've ever had? Do you think? Oh yeah, he's got to be, don't you do reckon? Well, I mean, I wasn't there for all the early ones, but uh,
2: well, well, I know. But I mean, like, was was Ted Heath? Was he quite calm?
0: Um, I mean,
2: Jim Callaghan, he was quite calm, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah.
0: Which one's the one that there's been awful rumours about? Was Ted that Heath? Heath. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but Ted Heath was mainly into yachting and conducting. And children, well, the, allegedly the, children. Yeah, but there's still nothing that actually stands that one up, is there? There Isn't was there? that weird thing right. about the the guest house in oh, Barnes, yeah. oh, which not, which all turned to be, all turned out to be the the rather insane imaginings of one person.
0: Really? Yeah. So far. Well, I mean, while we're on that fun subject, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep it light. Keep it light. Well, we're not going to because no. there is a worse. Yeah. There's this, a worse Beatles a strong, song for. Brutal, uh, out of control, blind, ugly jealousy, <laughs> but that's catchy. It is catchy. Catchy blind, ugly it's jealousy. It's really catchy. I mean, and that is which run, album?
2: Which album's it on? It's on Rubber Soul. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: on Rubber Soul. It's "Run for Your Life," and it starts. Well, I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. You better keep your head, little girl, or I you or I won't know where I am. It's
2: that again. That,
0: again, that could be written on the back
2: of Peter Sutcliffe's truck, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. You better keep your head, little girl. You
0: better run for your life. I mean, it's called run for your life.
2: Uh, it's not, it's, yes. That, if you can. That's. <laughs> <laughs> if you can. So. If I haven't done your legs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, God.
1: Hide DM
2: your head
0: catch a you with another man, That's the end.
2: Yeah. The end. The
0: end. Well, you know that I'm a wicked guy, and I was born with a jealous mind. No, you weren't. You were born with a stupid baby. No, no, baby's no mind. That's,
2: that's nurture, not nature, mate. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, I well... mean, you've been taught. <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> it's a little jealous baby
0: boy. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Lennon. I'm afraid he was born with a jealous mind. <laughs> Which we measured with these metal forceps. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't spend my whole life trying just to make you toe the line. Well, don't.
2: Why why would you just why don't. would you try why would you try Also to
0: she's not even done anything in this one? Jeez. He's just saying, Oh, just so you know, Yeah. If I catch you then you better make sure I haven't already done your legs because do you,
1: do you, there was a there's a bit
0: in um Oh God, I think it was
2: one of the later interviews that, that Lennon did where he said, you know, at least we at least we wrote songs about love. That was good, wasn't it? John <laughs> What what do you think this is? Yeah, because he comes back to it, doesn't he? He says near the end of the song, um, uh, he says, uh, "Let this be a sermon again." Yeah. Fucking Catholic yeah. nonsense. I mean everything I've said, baby. I'm determined, and I'd rather
0: see you dead. Just a little yeah. reminder there that I'd and, rather. And that's see the you end dead. of church today, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and here the bit... and here endeth the lesson. <laughs> Fire and brimstone. Um, this is, by the way, this is the Beatles at their cheekiest. Yes, it is. And there was a, you know. Hard day's night which I love watching is just them running around being little scamps yeah. but the undercurrent is that um is murder yeah a lot of murder and uh, serious um
2: coercive control coercive control yeah yeah imagine
0: if they called the album coercive control with the beatles I'm really tempted now to try and design
2: the uh, cover of the Rubber Soul <laughs> album but where it says Control <laughs> Con-
0: <laughs> in that oh big orange God. typeface.
2: Did you know that that lettering on the front of the Rubber Soul album, which is gorgeous, yeah, was designed by Rebecca Front's dad?
0: Really? Yeah. Isn't that great? It's out of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah. How did you, you figure that one out? I heard it somewhere. Well, she's done all right for herself, no, we'll yeah, well, she? Maybe a, that was the start of it.
2: She's a fucking fine actor, that's why. Yeah. She was amazing in the uh, thick of it, wasn't she?
0: Yeah, what was the first... The first thing we saw her in would have been the day-to-day. Yeah, or... I'd say, personally.
2: Yes, was it day-to-day? Or yeah, was, she was amazing. I'm Alan Partridge was... No, from knowing me, knowing you, that was after day-to-day, wasn't it? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it must have been, it must have been, cause, because Partridge came out of... Uh, um, on the hour and day yeah. To day yeah.
0: But around that same time, she did some classic turns, didn't she? Yeah. Her, um, well, on the radio version, her kind of, I forget the lady's name, was it? I can't remember. I was going to say Bridie McMahon, but that's a different one on the telly one. The one where she's basically like uh, Vivian Westwood. Oh, God, yes, yes. Fucking amazing. That's, yeah, that's a
2: sensational bit That isn't it? And I love her when she does um, Barbara Wintergreen from yeah. CBN because she does she does that... All her sign-offs have got that great kind of lingering on the camera thing. Yeah. Can't act. I that have no was idea what fucking she's doing. hell.
0: That was mind-blowing at the time because we were, they were only just starting to make things look like other things, weren't yeah. they, on the telly? And, yeah. the, and obviously French and Saunders were nailing yeah. it when they did their movie pastiches. But the day-to-day suddenly would have like an American news report and it had a yellowy green tinge and it looked looked the fucking part. To be honest, I've not seen anyone do a better job since of of any of that stuff.
2: No, I don't think so. When it comes
0: to, I mean, I know there's all sorts of filters and whatever like that everyone's got now on their phones and that, but... Yeah, but you know like for instance you know that um, there's a segment in there where
2: they're doing where they think it's called attitudes night it's a it's a oh yeah I remember it's, a, that. it's a it's a it's a it's a trailer for attitudes night on BBC 2 and there's one where they're showing a section of um, a program called hanging from studio B where they're, where they're showing <laughs> they're showing a live hanging um, and it just looks incredible it's like it's it's really really shitty looking 60s um, camera Um and I uh and I found out that the reason it looks so authentic is they actually hired a nineteen sixties camera and plugged it in and shot it with it. So they're just going, well, it looks real because
0: that's exactly how it looked. That's you know? the way to do it. Amazing, isn't it? That's like that's how the white stripes recorded, wasn't it? All old retro gear.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Did they record it um Elephant? Oh. Was it Elephant? Um they recorded that down at um Liam Thingamy's studio, didn't they, in Hackney? What's it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it now I've been there it's all old it's all old valve equipment there is an amazing there's a, the power unit that sits underneath the mixing desk there right? which has got the biggest knob you've ever seen in your <laughs> life on it right it's like the size of a car wheel um, and at the end of the day when I was working with someone they were recording at the end of the day when we finished recording he had to turn the power unit off and he basically he, this guy the engineer reached under the desk grabbed this great big knob and turned it very very slowly And he said, "You can't turn this off quickly. You've got to take it very careful, because this equipment is sensitive and it's old. So you even have to turn it off slowly.
0: How old would they be then? Like fifties? They're all sixties, early sixties stuff, I think. Wonder if it's still going. That I think it is. Yeah. So you'd love that is our mate Stephen Evans. Toe
2: Rag. That's the name of the studio.
0: Toe Rag. Yeah. Are you are you uh, studio literate? Uh, To an extent, yeah. With what like uh, a huge desk and like fucking Cubase or Logic or what?
2: Uh, a Logic, I've never used. Um, I use Pro Tools quite a lot, and Audition I used when editing
0: podcasts. Right. Um. But like, if you yeah, there's all like racks and bloody plugins and knobs, all the, the Noobs. switches. I'd, I'd get quite scared. Pre- this, pre- is, this is my level. That yeah. <laughs> my uh, focus, focus right, right yeah. <laughs> With two two inputs, yep. two gains and one monitor yep. knob. That'll do. that would do it. That's nice. Um, just to explain to people because I've not bothered introing you or anything. But then oh again, no, that's I, true. Yeah, I do. I do tend to write. I might, I might write that in the post. But I might make claims about who I am now. then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you, want to, do you want to explain yourself? Or yeah, well, I'm a,
2: I'm a disgraced greengrocer from uh,
0: Kilmarnock.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> For having a disgracefully light Scottish accent.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I'm was i hiding in plain sight, frankly. They, they spotted me straight away. They said that, firstly, he knows nothing about fruit. And yeah. secondly, he's not a Scotsman. Yeah. I'm starting to think he's English. <laughs> I don't, he doesn't know
0: shit about potatoes. Um, I don't. I don't act as you can hear. Um, as we're saying that, I was just going to say all this fruits fucking plastic. Yeah, there's actually a plastic pineapple I, right here, as God, if by magic. My
2: grandparents had one of those on their bar. It's an ice bucket. Oh yeah, fucking brilliant. That's like, is that what that is?
0: Yeah, it's an ice bucket. Okay, yeah. so, so imagine if you will, ladies and gentlemen, uh, an oversized plastic pineapple. Um, a looming over two men in someone in a, in a kid's gaming room in a stranger's house, which is where I am.
2: I, 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 I'm beginning to think that this break in was a
0: bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll find us. So, yeah, a couple of uh, scene setters. One, I am looking after a friend's house while he's on holiday. It's a lot bigger than my house. I'm loving it. I might change the locks. Two, Jason's <laughs> come round to do a podcast with me. Jason and I are in what you might call an open writing relationship, where we, <laughs> we, you know, we're we're there for each other to do comedy ideas, and we've done a few things together. We wrote we wrote two or three little three well three comedy books yep. a couple of years back now, and we are working on a few tele projects. But you know, occasionally. Um, um, hampered by, you know, Covid's. Uh, oh, the Covid's. And uh, either being busy or most recently, which is fine to say this because they all know, is me going mental is the latest thing that got in the way of us getting anything done. But uh, yeah, we, we, we've we uh, known each other a long time via the comedy world. How did we meet? Can you remember this? Was it on the Peter Serafinovich show? I don't know whether that was the first one. Did you Did you write an Armstrong and Miller? Yeah. Well, that was the first. That was the first thing. Really, that was this. What well, maybe only the second show I ever wrote on or properly. Right. So you you would have been around from then, but that wasn't long after it. I never got anything on Peter Serafinovich. But did you not. We all went. We all had a, a brainstorm. I remember being in the probably like the most writers I've ever seen in a. That's
2: yeah, I remember that. That was a big old room, wasn't it? Yeah. That was amazing. And, what a um, series that is. I saw a yeah, few weeks ago uh, on social media people started sharing clips and going, why the fuck haven't we talked about this show? You know, because it yeah, is yeah, so I, good. Was it, did it only happen once? Uh, there was one series, and then uh, it was BBC, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, BBC said, um, yeah, um, we don't know about commissioning a second series. So they said to um, uh, Peter and Robert who was his co-writer on it I think he said um, BBC said can we have one more script and they went yeah I mean you you know what the show is now you, we've made six of them so and they went yeah we'll commission one more script and then so they handed this script in and then the BBC said yes can we have half a further script please so they then sent in a 15 minute script and that's when the BBC said no we won't be doing any more of these
0: didn't they do a Christmas one? It was a proper one, long goodbye. They did a Christmas one. They, so want, like
2: they, they wanted to do a Christmas one, I think. But they, what they ended up with was a few Christmas sketches, like oh, right, yeah. uh, Paul McCartney singing It's a Sexual
0: Christmas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we make a return to the Beatles. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, well, he's a massive Beatles fan, isn't he? Pete. Pete, as is, As is Robert Popper. Yes. You know, they both yes. know their stuff, and they did that. They did a... That, funnily enough, as we were talking about it, they did a version of I Will where it was I kill <laughs> as a video, didn't they? I haven't seen that. And it was Peter and it was Sarah Pascoe in the video. It was for Funny or Die when James was running. Oh it. wow. But yeah, we uh we met back then um and s- teamed up just before the fucking pandemic. So it's kinda of got in the way a bit. We haven't we haven't got a lot of momentum at the moment, but uh. we're you know, we're all still just trying to find our way back in, aren't we? Really?
2: Yeah. I mean, I know I know some people who really have found their mojo again, but I also know many, many more people who really haven't. Mm. And I think it's important to to bear in mind, as I keep bearing in mind sometimes when I'm slightly giving myself a hard time about I've only written 250 words today or something. Mm. Um, I think it's important to bear in mind that the last couple of years have been. Fucking exhausting for everybody or nearly everybody. They really have been so tiring and stressful. Um, and confusing. And confusing, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know anybody who's come out on the other side of this going, well, I'm absolutely fine. That made no fucking difference whatsoever. Because everybody's had a, a dent or a ding or a yeah. huge fucking colossal, you know, people have been bereaved and they've had mm. their, their lives changed and their health permanently fucked. It's been the weirdest time,
0: it really it is. has, hasn't it? And I I always I would like you know going back a few months or a year or whatever you sort of thought right we're on the way out of it now and it can just be normal and it still doesn't really feel normal no, it's yet.
2: Still not right, it's still not
0: right. It's it's all a bit slow, isn't it? Yeah. It is and it's but, I mean I know like my head's not a great judge of everything else at the moment because it's <laughs> been it's been telling amusing lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um well, yeah without a doubt i suppose it's not that often in life that it, i suppose it you know you can't compare it to war especially when there actually is one happening no true but for first for the way society works to be suddenly turned off for a bit and then not really know how much of it comes back it's it's an oddly strangely disarming slightly confusing thing isn't it
2: it is and it's, um. I was talking to a friend, and this was a good year and a bit ago, I was talking to a friend who is a therapist, and I said to him, "What's just taking the temperature, what's the talk like in mental health circles about this experience that we've had in the past couple of years? And he said, it's 100% about young people, because they're going to be the ones who, having had like, you know, both my kids had in in the in the case of one end of primary school completely fucked and deleted in the case Same. of the other GCSEs fucked and deleted um you know there's there's these kids are going to be paying invoices for these and who knows when the invoices are going to come and whether there's going to be one or there's going to be 20 years worth of stuff to unpick or mm. you don't know you know it's a big deal for them and also those yeah. those those young people who went to university and found that they actually spent the entirety of the first year in fucking halls doing nothing but online lectures Shit, and yeah. then going, I've paid nine grand for this. And I've I heard so many instances of people who just after the first year went, I'm, I'm done. This is not university, you know. So they've just quit. There was um, not far from where I live, there are some student halls. And there was a point at which um, there was an outbreak of COVID-19 in the student halls and the students were just pasting on their windows, shopping lists just saying can anybody get me cornflakes and bread oh so God. anybody going past who could just knock on the window and say there you go some cornflakes and bread okay no like they were in fucking prison or something sexy, Nuts, prison. Isn't it? sexy prison sexy prison
0: yeah it's not fresh meat is it
2: it's not is it no fresh hell
0: <laughs> absolute shite Shit, so all meat. that's been happening but uh you know it'd be nice to believe that uh if we keep tinkering We'll get, we'll get some fucking... Ju- we need a juicy project. That's what we need. We do. So, like, the listeners, who are lovely, most of whom uh, I've inherited from Matt Morgan. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, re- I had, and I had this... I had my Patreon stopped for three months while I let myself be bonkers. And then I, I feel like I'm going to have conversations again now, so here we are. But um, these lot are all up to speed, in a way, because... Matt asked me about it all last week about stuff that's been happening, and because because the listeners like, uh, they've been given they've given excellent feedback whenever any whoever, whoever my guests have been checking in and talking about that kind of stuff goes down really well and has actually become almost the, one of the most well the, apart from just having a laugh, the most important reason to do this is because people appreciate a bit of honesty.
2: Well, it should be talked about. You should talk about mental health because mm. it's health, you know. Well, that's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah. You know, and when by the time you and it's mental. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know that that sort of weird that weird cliche about how basically by the time you're about sixty, all you're doing is just comparing pills with your friends. Oh, I'm on fourteen. <laughs> Are you? I'm on fifteen. Oh no, what's that yellow one? Um, that joke. Yeah. I turned fifty last year, and I have found myself having conversations with friends and going. It's it's taking me slightly longer to get out of chairs now, isn't it? You know, I'm kind of going. Here we go. I'm starting to talk about back pain with friends, you know, Mm. and it's clear that, yeah, this is this is all the cliche. But fuck it, if we're going to do that, let's talk about mental health as well. If we're going to talk about sciatica, let's talk about anxiety, Mm. you know, because anxiety is as bad as sciatica if it fucking gets its claws into you. Which God knows you you've had experience of that, so have I. Mm. It's appalling.
0: Yeah. Um. What? Where I am at, kind of this week, is uh, I'm starting to. I'm having to work out when I wake up. I feel rubbish when I wake up still. But it's am I am I just anxious about whether or not I'm going to feel okay? So today I didn't have much in me, and I'm knackered. I'm a bit run down, but. There's a bit of me, still want you like you sort of like want to look at a number and say, well, where, what, how many percent better are you? <laughs> so just even wondering about that is like a source of anxiety. So like my job at the moment to look after myself is at some point when I realise that I'm feeling a bit kind of like uh, I don't know what I can face and not face. Am am I knackered? Do I need to rest, or do I just, Am I just being a bit trapped? Uh, is to just do something like doing this or going to make, we just had a coffee down around the corner and that might, you know, it just changes the, the, uh, it breaks the cycle slightly. Mm. Uh, So anyone out there who is going through stuff, all you can do is be kind to yourself. And if you are having a day where you can't do much, the sooner you, Go, oh, that's okay, and then, you know, let yourself f- just be tired or whatever. Or, or, or if, or if it goes the other way, and uh, you go, you go out for a little walk, and it peps you up, and then suddenly you feel all right, and you think oh, I might stop and have a little. Uh, cause the other day, I uh, told you I ended up round the corner having a little uh, tuna salad, <laughs> uh, and then I have a lovely big walk. But you have to be all right about that, that that might not happen. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to get grumpy with yourself. And that's really hard not to, actually. You know, because you can't... It's not It's not like looking at a... Wo- like if you cut yourself, you won't put a plaster on. You keep looking under it and it, it shrinks and then it's gone. Yeah. That doesn't happen with sort of exhaustion and depression and whatever else, you know. No. Fucking um, annoying.
2: It's there's also... There's a, there's, there's a kind of very understandable compulsion to go i'll just push through this you know and actually sometimes it might be no 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 no. you shouldn't be pushing through this you you said a good thing the other day you said you just use the phrase listening to your body and that mm. that's spot on i think that's what you need to do mm. if your body's going mate i'm knackered then you won't go well never mind let's go for a walk anyway no that's not going to help you know mm. a, a friend of mine once said a really a really canny thing about mental health. I gather this is used as a shortcut. I, I don't know by whom, so I can't credit whose words they are. But she said to me, um, a very useful thing to deploy is to say, if you were your own child,
0: oh, yeah. would you be treating yourself like this? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't mean I would. I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking little shit. Yeah. Lock him in his bedroom. Rather see you dead, little Get girl. Get to school. Yeah. <laughs> But that's yeah, a really no, happy yeah, thing that's self isn't it? care that is yeah exactly that that's is, what it is uh, it's an easy way of of uh retooling how it, what what the idea of looking after yourself is instead yeah. of you know we're hard we're hard on ourselves or lots of people are hard on themselves um and sometimes you'll go oh, it will be all right but if if you were with, or even with a partner or whatever, and you'd be like, "No, sit there. You're not doing that." You know, like it's weird how you don't know it's a bad idea or what's what's mm. what might be a an unwise uh, well-being decision, if you like. You know? Yeah. Because you know, you might you might just think, "Well, this is silly. I don't want this to be." You know, I don't want this to be happening. So I'm gonna, I'm basically gonna treat today like it isn't happening. Yeah but that, that's that isn't how you get better is it? That's denial isn't it? It's um, like those people that try and get, put themselves out of hospital and the and the doctors have to walk them back to their bed. Oh yeah. Um a friend of mine when he was at uh, university
2: um he wrote uh he wrote a paper and it was a thesis or I'm not sure but he wrote a, anyway he wrote a paper which as it's jumping off point said um the difference between the gap between the way the world is and the way you wish it was is where mental illness lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, fucking right. I mean, obviously he was about 20 when he wrote that, so it's a little bit glib, but it points mm. to something very true. You know, it, the denial is a very easy state to get into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and... And,
2: and also a river in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> Not my joke. Brian Laurie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But it was um, in Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, like when you know, obviously there's lots of different types of therapy and all that. But one of the big goals in telling your life story type therapy and all the bit you know figuring out the story and all that, well, I think one of the the, th- the things they're trying to gently guide you to over a long period of time, over a lot of conversations, they're trying to get you to accept things that are that have been hard or that have um, shaped your life. Firstly, they have to like guide you towards realizing them in the first place mm-hmm. and then saying them out loud. Then probably people go through like even months of talking about those things and being fucking angry about it or sad that it happened or yeah. whatever. Yep. And then, again, only in specific types of therapy, that, that therapist might then be trying to guide you towards a place where now that you've done that, you need to work out where to place it and kind of move past it and sort of accept that it's a thing and that now you know why it happened or why people were like they were or whatever. And so, like acceptance is a huge word, isn't it, in uh, in that form, yeah, uh, in in mental health. But obviously, you know, like in terms of uh, recovering from something, it's not about. Uh, it's a different thing. That's this. Th- what what I'm finding difficult is. Don't know what to expect in terms of when. When can you just not be fucking thinking about it anymore, please? You know.
2: Well, I guess that is. Uh, that's how long is a piece of string, isn't it? Really, that yeah. question. Um, how long, long is a piece of string? How long is a piece of string?
0: Yeah. Does anyone know? Please um, write in and say in the comments. <laughs> please could you put in the comments how long once the, and for all? Will someone just tell me how long a piece of string is? <laughs> All these years. You could do an entire podcast
2: series, right, which is just called How Long Is a Piece of String. <laughs> just get, do like, you know, you know, like a mini cast, you know, like 15 minute things. Or yeah, something yeah. Like. Just get a guest in every week and go, right, how long is a piece of string, man? And just talk about <laughs> it for like 12 minutes and put some bumpers on it, bit of music, done. And, and the oh, titles, it'd that. be
0: like, uh, Jason Hazley, four inches, you know, 4.2 no, inches. Ne- never give it away. Never give it All away right. on the, on the title. So never say it.
2: Just say no, uh, Matt Lucas on How Long is a Piece of String, right. you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'd listen to that. That's a fucking great idea. There you go. Take there you that. Go. Pitch Flog it. Flog it. Flog it.
0: Let's start a production company.
2: <laughs> um, I had therapy for, first of all, for 18 months in the late 1990s.
0: And that was one session.
2: Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they were much longer then, the therapy sessions. <laughs> um, none of this 50 minutes nonsense. Then I had an uh, therapy for another eleven years, basically. KNL um, finishing. I can't remember when. Twenty eighteen, something like that, maybe. Mm. Um, absolutely brilliant. The just the best thing um, I've done for me um, because it it unpacked so much and just put everything in its right place where things have been all over the fucking shop before. I had all sorts of stupid little patterns of behaviour and thinking that I couldn't get out of, and it got me out of them. And it gave me a huge um, toolkit of stuff to deal with hard things. And some very hard things have happened since I mm. came out of therapy. Um, mm. Some genuinely traumatic things, and I've been able to cope with all of them
0: because i have gone through that process and assembled that toolkit. And Do you have anywhere where you might now and again... Have you got, like, notes? Like, when you think about the number of conversations you have over that time and the, yeah. the various issues, My, my I, I've said this before, but I, when I, I did, like, long-form therapy, I came out of it understanding things in a way that makes me, I always imagine a, I, I ended up with a sort of tube map of my own head. <laughs> That's a nice way of thinking. Right? right. Yeah. But the problem is, obviously, you haven't physically got that, but I, I've often wondered, where well, maybe I should have because you know to refer to do you have anything to refer to or do you tend to just is it kind of just reprogrammed you a bit to understand cuz yeah you know it's a it's a it's a you don't get a textbook at the end do you no
2: i know you don't no um no so i i did i did two i had two deliberate th- kind of principles when i went into therapy one was i was not going to make any notes um i was just going to uh Internalize the whole process because I thought I've got to, I've got to let it behave on me, and I've got to internalize this stuff in order for me to be able to actually use it rather than going, hang on, where did I put the instructions again? Right. So yeah. I never, so I never wrote any notes. The other thing I never did was I never talked about what I talked in therapy um, about to anyone, with one or two exceptions. Every now and then I would discuss something. If something really came up and hit me like a fucking truck, which mm. it did occasionally, three or four times. Um, I would then discuss it with my partner or whoever you know Mm. I trusted at the time. But otherwise, I just internalised the whole process because it felt like that was where the work was being done. That's interesting. It was just between me and my therapist in that room, and then my internalising it. And you know, it's 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 fucking brilliant therapy when it's good. If anybody out there, by the way, is having therapy and doesn't think it's working. I tend to think that in the first kind of three months, you know whether this is right for you because sometimes people end up with the wrong therapist or they end up with the wrong type of therapy, mm. um, and it's always it's always worth running a little audit if you think is this doing anything? Is this am I getting anywhere with this person? Um, my yeah. my therapist who was a who was an expert in something called schema therapy, um, occasionally he he first asked me to do something which in schema therapy I now know is called chair work, where he said to me, um, he, he had three chairs in his uh, in his room. Um, he would sit in one, I would sit in another, and there'd be an empty one. And occasionally he would say to me, let's say I was talking about my childhood. He would say, okay, um, I want you to come over and sit in this other chair here, chair three, and I want you to be your younger self, and I'm going to take the part of older you. Wow. And I'm going to talk to your younger self. And the first time he did it, I said, listen, I'm really not into this kind of... Um, like role play. Role play. I'm not into this. And he went, okay, fair enough. And let it go. And then a little while later he said, I'd really like you to give this a try. Do you want to give it a try? So I said, all right, I'll give it a try. So I went and sat and was my younger self. And he was my older self talking to my younger self about how you know this stuff is, is going to be all right. You know you'll be okay. But kind of saying that, you know mm-hmm. that lovely scene in Good Will Hunting, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, it's mm-hmm. not your fault, the mm-hmm. one that breaks him. Mm-hmm. It was a bit like that, but he was, he was basically going, it's going to be all right, you know. You will yeah. be all right, actually, you know. And and it was fucking devastating. It was absolutely devastating. It was wow. so It was so profound and so kind of... I want to say upsetting, but it, it wasn't upsetting because it was kind of refreshing and revealing, but it was just yeah. devastating because I didn't realise... Well, you don't realise how linked you are no, to that. No, 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 of course you don't. And you don't realise how... How powerful that go! Just go and inhe- in- inhabit your previous self, and I kind of go. Well, I can't remember what I was like when I was eight. And the thing is, mm. no, no, you can. Because the problem is that all that stuff is hardwired deep inside your. Yeah, your it's not not there. It's yeah. it fucking. It's is just in that there. you don't dial it up, yeah. and when you can dial it up and you find it, boy oh boy, does stuff light up. It's extraordinary. It's See, amazing.
0: I can remember being put in a position of talking about a few things, um, in in a context of what would. You say to him, or whatever, or what? Yeah. What would he be thinking? Or, but didn't do it in the same way. But what was interesting was I might be, I might come in some weeks with quite a cocky attitude to how I've, I'm thinking this or I'm thinking that, and this person's done that, and I'm dealing with it in that way, and blah blah blah, and trying to trying to maybe put something around it where I'm protecting myself a bit, and he can see it, and then he would then bring up. I wonder what you know maybe you know you you say that and you say that's okay but I just wonder what like like little Nico you know eight yeah. year old and because we would had conversations where you've you've brought memories up and he's remembered them so he's remembered a scenario I can't remember if it was like me running a stick along a fence or in a you know it's, it's a bit of a cliched image but you know like, like Theresa May in a wheat field yeah. or whatever like I said something that that was an image of something I remembered and he fucking brought it up again and it's almost like that was a little trick to when it when he said you know remember that how does that kid feel it's like how does the kid yeah. running the stick along yeah. the fence and yeah. whatever um, him saying that it's almost like that give you instant access
2: yeah. yeah
0: to that you know to that part of you Another experience I had that that was a fucking seriously powerful moment of um, a connection you didn't know was there, but it's hard hardwired. Was because I didn't know my dad right? So like from the age of two, yeah, I remember the day he left and stuff. But I went you, you, through. Were,
2: you, you were two when he left. Yeah, two or and three. You, and you can remember that.
0: I remember that. I remember that day. Yeah, Christ. I remember a handful of memories. Wow. But. I went through all my life sort of going, oh, well, you know, like, I haven't got any information on that, so it's not really a thing. And then two things happened. Once, I was driving through Clapham Junction probably 15 years ago. Not the station. I was driving a train through (laughs) Clapham (laughs) Junction. No, I was driving past Clapham Junction in my car. Right. And all those years, people were going, have you ever thought of looking for your dad and whatever? And I'd sort of go...
1: Well, There isn't really
0: a reason to, and it's it's just not relevant. It's like someone saying, "Have you ever thought of buying a cricket outfit?" I was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna yeah. wear it. Anyway, I just glanced to the right and I saw a bloke sort of walking past, and I fucking slammed the brakes on in the car, and looked like that. And, I went, and my brain was like, "Was that my dad?" Like, and I was about twenty-seven. Whoa, about twenty-seven. And I'd been very confidently saying, well, it doesn't really exist in my head, so it doesn't really matter. And as soon as my eyes thought someone might be my dad, before I even got involved, my feet were stopping the car. It was fucking amazing. And it, actually, that was probably the day where I thought, that might be a hint that there's stuff in there. So I'd never thought about therapy until that day, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's where we met, because I drove into the back of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you you gave me a yeah you gave me a, a parking end. ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I got I
2: once I used to uh, I used to own um, a second hand Ford Granada back in the 90s. Fucking enormous thing. Brilliant car. I absolutely loved it. And I was driving past the ground in Clapham Junction one evening the traffic was a bit slow and some and some guy got in the back and went uh, "Bermondsey please mate." <laughs> and I had to say to him "I'm not a mini it's just a Granada that's all." <laughs> that's um, good. Yeah, well, that's my my dad died um, twen, d- ten years ago um, in 2012, um, and honestly, the number of fucking times I've seen him since then. Wow. Yeah. Just like I, you know, it's weirdly weirdly tends to happen in supermarket car parks. That's mm. my dad over there. Oh, no, it's not your dad. No, he's dead. Whoa. Yeah. yeah it's just strange. like you
0: catch the. The essence or the shape of someone, yeah, a bit. And then just it's the like, way
2: someone walks or whatever. But and you your go. brain fills it in, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know,
0: like it's not something I've experienced a lot. Don't get me wrong, but that feeling of it's so odd when your brain can decide. Even like if, if like me, you can't see. You're, you're you're trying to see a word with yeah, squinting. Yeah, yeah. It'll just make one up.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's like this is. Here's an interesting little analogy, right? Well, maybe it's not interesting. This could, here's a here's a potentially boring analogy. Okay, <laughs> right? Your I was um, I was standing in my kitchen one afternoon, right? And out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone cross the hallway from the living room to the stairs, right? And I stopped what I was doing in the kitchen and thought, "There's no one else home. It's just me."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I just saw someone out of the corner of my eye cross the hallway and go up the stairs. Now, if I was superstitious at this point, I'd be going. The house is haunted. Mm. There's a ghost in this house because I just saw them, and I definitely saw something out of the corner of my eye, but it wasn't real. So my brain put it there. My brain put a shape moving from the living room towards the stairs in the corner of my field of vision, and I went oh, and then thought no, there's no one there. So at that point, I go that's interesting. The brain plays tricks. The on me, brain it? did it, not what? the eyes. Yes. So I don't. So I don't go oh, there's ghosts. Mm. um i there's go brains i go there's brains yeah. yeah and a bit and it's a bit like that if you are in if you are in like a, in a state of anxiety or in a state yeah. of depression your brain is doing things that it's it's finding things that aren't necessarily there you know it, mm. it can it can hit on stuff paranoia is a good example i had a friend who was diagnosed um schizophrenic um when he was uh in his early 20s and he the, the re, and he got sectioned after he was sitting in the pub one night with a bunch of mates and he threw a pint glass at one of them because of the way he was looking at him right? Mm. and that was the point at which they said okay we need to sort you out you're not well because his mate was just sitting opposite him in the pub and that was enough for him to go the way he looked at me had dialed up something extraordinary somewhere in his brain Came that up. his brain had put there which wasn't there yeah, you know my um, my therapist said a very powerful thing to me once, um, and I can't remember what it was in the context of, but it's never really left me, um, because it's a reminder that you've got agency, right? right? He said to me, you know, it is up to you how you feel, don't you? Um, and I thought that's a that's a really good thing to remember, you know, to like at the points at which you go. Um, I I feel things are getting to me. It's a bit what well, kind. Of, well, I can feel differently about this if I can just get yeah. You've get, got to be able hands, to access. Get your hands on the levers. Once you can get your hands on that's the levers,
0: it. that's the thing. And like obviously, you can
2: then go, I'm not going to feel like that you if know? you're
0: not in a period where you are properly unwell. Yeah, then you can get and your hands on the levers. But yeah. the bit where you need to start getting help is when you feel like you don't know where the levers are anymore. Yeah. And that's when you. That's probably a good, almost a, a good analogy for knowing when. Maybe you shouldn't be trying to handle this on your own, in it, because that's, yeah, that's yeah. certainly where I was a few, you know, a few weeks back. It's like I don't even know where I park the thing. Never mind where the fucking levers are. <laughs> <laughs> like, where am I? I'm not even in the right car park. <laughs> Have you seen your dad then since you were, you know, two? No, I mean he died when uh, uh, 2008, I think it was. So you didn't, yeah, you didn't, yeah, it was you didn't just, just before was George was born. I mean, in fact, no, it was just after George was born. So it was it was actually early 2009, March. Right. And I'd just become a dad. Yes. I was still doing therapy. I was talking about tricky family things in therapy yeah. whilst thinking, oh, I'll never be a dad and how will I be a dad and what is a dad? Yeah. And then I found out just as I'd become a dad that my dad, who I had no experience of, had died and I'd missed the funeral. Weird. Yeah, I got a phone weird. call from a mate who saw it in a newspaper. Um, so that was like the, the second thing that was like, again, I, I, right up until that point, it was a bit like, well, there's no information there, so like, I don't know really what to do with it. Yeah, but not- then it was like, oh, by the way, that's there's an ending now. That's happened. And it's
2: weird that there's nothing to grieve there, is
0: there? Really, there's not. But what was interesting is it was still. I felt for the first time. That I could feel the primal link, and that it was definitely sad, and that it was definitely my dad, and so yeah, you know, like it was a weird thing to go through, but again, it was like it was kind of weirdly comforting to know that it did matter. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, that's that's nice. Like this matters. I think this is still a thing. Again, am allowed to be sad and all that? I think it's, yeah, that was weird. But
2: I think there's something about becoming becoming a parent. Yeah, because actually, being a parent teaches you a lot about what it was like to be a child. Yeah, because you can't because you can see. Oh, right, okay. Now I'm I'm basically I'm doing the equivalent of that three chair thing. You know, I'm now sitting in that chair over there and going, Oh, look, right, there's a person mm. in that chair there, and mm. I know how I've got to treat them. so if you then dial it up and go, and yet what happened to me was, Oh, right, there was no one in that other fucking chair. You know, so mm. I think it's interesting to. That, to to learn from being a parent, basically. Yeah. And the thing my the my thing, English teacher used to say to me, "I learn a great
0: deal more from you, lot, than you learn from me." That's nice. Yeah. Fucking gives you wages. <laughs> Fucking paying. We should all be being paid. Yeah. Um, but the thing about that scenario was, although it was very odd and weird and sad, and sort of profound to go through the bit where it's different from like your dad dying or whatever is to my disappointment over about five to 10 years each year ago. Oh God. Yeah. When my dad died and there's the photos that I got given and a letter that got written to explain stuff and whatever. And it was like really important to me. But then I just fell into back into him not really being in my life because he wasn't. Mm. And then maybe a few years into it, I was like, oh, yeah, and my dad. And I looked and I thought, oh, fuck, I've missed it. And it's like no one who loses a parent sort of goes, oh, when did my mum or dad die again? It's like people have to, like, be prepared for that day every year and stuff, don't they? You know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's it was it's, very, it's very shit strange, another, strange thing. But, it's um, shit
2: having another date
0: added to your calendar, isn't
2: it? Mm, you know? Yeah. Suddenly you've got oh right, yeah, there's that day coming up again. You know, oh bollocks, a crappy anniversary to have.
0: Yeah, it's rubbish that in it. I it mean everyone rubbish. everyone's got one somewhere, aren't they? Well, yeah. Like, true. Like most people have. So, you know, chins up, guys, when we're yeah, going through all that chins
2: stuff. Up, chins up.
0: Um We're getting there. Yeah. It's nice and warm out, isn't it? Oh, it's muggy. Yeah, it is a bit muggy. It's a bit on the muggy side today, it's mate. A bit muggy. What was it? Yeah. Friday when we're we're Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. And there is talk, I've not quite made up my mind yet because I'm not sure where my energy level is. Oh my God, poor me, I'm like a little Victorian lady who needs the smelling salts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's talk of going to the BFI There is to see a mad old documentary film called Grey Gardens about
2: two eccentric women living, I can never remember exactly where it is, I think it's in New York State somewhere. Mm. Um, in the remains of what was once a very grand house and life. Um, it's like sort of Havisham-esque. But American. But American. Hamburger-esque. Ham- yeah, hamburger-esque.
0: <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> and there's a there's a handful of people going out. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah. I'll make my mind up after this. Again,
2: listen to your body. Listen if your body, if your body goes, we're uh-huh. not fucking going out tonight, then you're not going out tonight.
0: Mm. That's nice of you to say, man. And let me say, listeners, this guy has fucking had to deal with some serious fucking misery from me in the last two <laughs> years. Like we were writing on Spit and Image together, and when we were doing them books, and difficult things were happening. And, and and to be fair, over over a longer period of time, both of us have had our moments where there's shit going on. But uh, you have you have been very patient. Well, and. That's wise kind of,
2: that's kind of you to say and thank you um but you have also made me laugh like an absolute spluttering cunt so you know <laughs> it's it's very worth well, it. at me yeah yeah no 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 <laughs> i wrote I, I remember writing down once where we were we were doing uh we were, we were doing some co-writes over the phone back in the uh, in the you can't go out era yeah. um and uh uh, and we were, t- we were talking about someone who was just being an idiot, um, and, and I wrote this down because I loved it. You said, uh, "Yeah, you never, uh, you never run out
0: of knobheads, <laughs> knobheads and pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> fucking never run out of knobheads and pigeons." Oh, Put that on a fucking t-shirt. If you want... There's the there's the merch sorted.
2: There you go. There's the merch. Knobheads and pigeons.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> true though, isn't it? You know, what, I have to say on that you know, slightly lighter subject, because obviously people, apart from ourselves and our own minds and our histories and our doubts and the, the silly things that you don't even realise that you've been taught to believe about yourself that aren't true, that could all be undone and then you yeah, could be yeah, like yeah. Evel Knievel or something, yeah. right? <laughs> apart from all that, all of us have to deal with other people who are also full of, you know, they've been sort of misshapen into being difficult bastards that probably don't like themselves either. And they're the ones that make your life difficult at various points. Oh yeah, It's so hard dealing with people, man. It's so hard. And yet I must say that all of this stuff we're saying about being kind to yourself and all that, it's like one of the things about, I guess links back to that acceptance thing, is I think life can start to become that little bit more bearable when you can learn that all the people being shitty to you are being dysfunctional and that you actually have to try and maybe find a way of not taking it so personally, letting it get you so angry or being sucked into it so that you are in opposition with a person who's got a habit of trying to push your buttons or that's been difficult and you think they've been unfair and you go to bed burning with injustice about anything like relationships that we're in, friendships, work relationships especially can be you know like power dynamics in, in in all sorts of relationships even just someone being shitty to you in the street or fucking like shouting at you in the traffic or whatever yeah. you will you will you will go to bed thinking i need to fucking write that wrong and yeah like, yeah, having yeah. The, you know, it's a really strange thing um i think a, a beautiful place to try and aim for and i'm only at the very beginning of trying to get to this is to be able to just sort of let go of other people's shit quicker, and realise that yeah. that's what it is. Yeah,
2: yeah. Spotting it is the is the first thing. Once you once you can spot it, you can then basically characterise it correctly. Yeah. I I had a I had a funny experience, um, which was good. I think this was a, a kind of as a result of some stuff in therapy, but it was during the during the first lockdown. Um, I was going to the supermarket once a week, and I treat going to the supermarket like a fucking military operation. I get in there, I know exactly what I'm buying, and I get the fuck out. Yeah. So I do it all very quickly. And I was in there, and I was going up to get something from one of the freezers, and there was a woman, um, probably 20, 30 years older than me, masked up, standing in front of this freezer, just staring at stuff, and trying to make her mind up about which fucking frozen yogurt it was she was going to get, or whatever. Um, and I was kind of thinking, come on, come on, uh, can you can you get out of the way because I just want to get my thing and get going. Um, and, uh, and she reached for the freezer a couple of times to go to open it and then decided not to and then <laughs> had another quick, another little think and then reached for it again. And then she stood back and kind of um, uh, was sort of wondering about what she was going to do. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take my chance. So I dived in and said, excuse me, opened the freezer, got the thing out that I needed um, and she and she stood, and she stood glared at me and she said is it alright if I carry on shopping now um, and I thought and I, uh, in, that, in that tiny little moment I was going to say to her do me a favour and then I thought to myself no 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 because I looked at her eyes and I thought she's scared she's scared because I just came within a couple of metres of mm. her you know mm. she's just scared she's older than me and she's scared and so I just immediately backed down and said I'm really sorry I didn't want to frighten you I'm really sorry about that And just turn the whole situation off, but it was only because I just noticed in her eyes that this
0: wasn't her being pissed off; it was she was scared, and also she was already being unsure, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then again, you shouldn't go shopping in your Halloween outfit all the time. No, exactly. (laughs) Every Tuesday, Tuesday ween.
2: I know, but it's like it's my only, my only chance to wear it, really. You know,
0: and yet on Halloween, when we we're all having fun... You I always... dress as a Sainsbury's <laughs> worker, yeah. <laughs> it's like never, I've never understood it. Yeah. <laughs> but it all makes sense now. <laughs> but yeah, people are... Everyone's in their own little fucking universe. And uh, I'd love to be able to... I've done a lot of work on this with various unnamed difficult people in my life over the years. But the sooner you can be curious why someone's been a twat rather than offended or triggered or upset... Then the quicker you can uh, get over people being twats to you. Obviously, you also need to learn how to set boundaries so that they can't fucking ruin your life. But that's again one of the big things that people spend a long time learning. You know, boundaries and all that. Yeah. How to how to actually look after your own energy and all that. It's all interesting stuff, and it doesn't. It's not stuff you learn quickly either.
2: No, it isn't, and it's also you can know it, um, kind of, uh, you know, as if as if you know factually what yeah what the case is, but it takes you a long while to be able to actually put that into practice and to really to really internalise it and, yeah. and
0: actually have it ready to find and ready to use. Yeah, that is hard when when you sort of go right from now on. You might want to practice when that person says da da da. da you need to be able to go well. I'm afraid I I can't meet you there. It's going to have to be. This is how far I'm willing to go into that scenario and blow blah, 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 and that's just going to have to be okay. If you're not built that way, that is so fucking hard. But once you do it a few times, and you will feel like you'll get like a hot back and not like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the hair on your back will stand up, even though I'm not a hairy person. Are um, you not? No, not you a, at all. Are you, are you a smooth man? Smooth as an egg. Reliable smooth as an egg which doesn't make sense I don't know with my Siberian fucking background you'd think I'd be hairy to keep warm but there it is no idea anyway um, these things are worth learning about because bit by bit you uh, you pick up skills that mean that you are on slightly more solid footing just taking up your space in the world and actually even though I've just been through and I'm only just I'm not really better yet but I'm coming out of a really rough period. But look, none of that's actually anything to do with uh, self-esteem in a way. No. You know, self, when, when hope when I'm feeling properly better and I've got energy and stop being a sort of misery arse. Um, I'd like to think that I've done a lot of homework in the last few years. It's going to mean that I'm ready to be not fucked with anymore. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that you know that's not going to get unlearned. Once you do it, you sort of go, actually, yeah, that's, you know. And then don't know about you, but like I did, I had no idea what a walkover I was. I think that was something. I don't know whether I talked about this to Matt the other night or whether we were just chatting about it the other day. I can't remember. Never thought, so I
2: uh, never thought of you as a walkover.
0: No, neither did I. And then and then, yeah, you know, slowly worked out that. Uh, being a people pleaser type person who who likes people to like me and uh, doesn't want to be the thing that punctures of so someone saying, right, we're doing it, we'll do that or shall we do that or should we do, th- should we do that this way or can we do that on my terms? That's an opportunity for me to, to make that person like me. So I will generally right. be agreeing to stuff before I even know how I feel about it myself and then later on be like, oh God. You know, what have I done? You know, like, why have I done this? I don't want to do that, and um, carry on not complaining about a thing. So, if you're in a relationship with someone, for example, you think, why do people end up arguing and being resentful and whatever? It's like, go along with things for ages and then not really complain about it, and then that builds up and up, doesn't it? So, after six months, a year, a year and a half of wishing that you didn't have to play Yahtzee every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns into a big fucking explosion when really all that needed to happen. I've had this. I got coached with this, with like even work relationships and stuff. Um, I literally had no information about how to say, look, can we have some boundaries around that? You're very good with boundaries, actually. Am I? You know, as a writing, writing partner. And I've only had one proper writing partner before. I've worked with lots of other people in bits and pieces. I didn't know when I, I used to work with a lad called David. I had no idea that I could have just said to him, let's have a pint and talk about when we should be available to each other for ideas and feedback. Right. Because we were in a habit of doing it almost 24-7 because we were so excited when we first got yeah. into telly, right? It is exciting. Isn't it, it is not it It is exciting. Yeah. But I didn't know how to say, well, I'm out having dinner. And he'd be like, I've just sent you an email. I've just rewritten that sketch. Let me know what you think. And I didn't have the understanding of uh, that it was okay for me to say, "I'm going to have to get, I'll get back to you tomorrow," or let's have a rule where, right you know, after seven o'clock, no feedback yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I will instead be running around trying to fix that problem, stressed out and pissed off that he's asked me at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> not done anything wrong. Probably wasn't even expecting me to get in touch, but not knowing that you're allowed to have. The rules by which you're happy to live yeah literally it's like I've been learning that in the last five years of my life I'm fucking nearly 50 oh yeah like, well you know God. what I mean but you um not that it, it would ever be difficult about it but there's definitely a sort of like um we've got work hours and then there's like and then it's sort of nighttime now and then also like you're very good at protecting your weekends
2: Oh, I have to. I have to. I can't fucking. St- if I have to work at the weekend, it makes me so cross. Yeah. Um, unless it's like a really not like a like a nice special occasion type yeah. thing, you know, or,
0: or the chance of a lifetime. Yeah, no. Like, if you have to go, you're like if you have on to on time and a half. If I'm
2: um, if I'm if I've got a you know if I'm playing a gig or something you know and it's mm. a nice gig doing that at the weekend, no problem at all you know. But like if someone says, "Are oh, you?" I, you know, if I if I get behind and I think I've just got to do some rewrites. This happened to me a few a, a few weeks ago. I had three days of completely inexplicable, absolute fucking exhaustion. Obviously, I immediately thought, oh, Christ, here we go. I've got COVID-19 again. Mm. Um, but I tested and nothing, nothing. Three days in a row, nothing. And then the then the exhaustion just went. It vanished. And that was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was meant to have handed in a bit of work on the Friday and I thought, Christ, I can't take the piss out of this. It's gonna to have to be Monday that I hand it in. And it's at least a day's work, possibly more than a day's work. Mm. So I had to work on the Sunday and I was so fucking angry about having to work on the <laughs> yeah. Sunday. It, Another it was kind of, and there was no one to blame. You know, the only person I could possibly have blamed was me. Well, you shouldn't have been exhausted, should you? Well, there's nothing I can fucking do about that. So there was no one to blame and it's just it was just very was... angry, and there's nowhere for that anger to go. So eventually you just have I just have to Invoke, well, my, therap- invoke, invoke my therapist again and go. It's up to you how you feel. And I go, okay, I'm going to stop being angry about this now and just get on with the work. Okay, so it's Sunday, yeah, and I'm right? Awake.
0: Yeah, yeah. The one person that you could complain to though, if that happens again, is is the makers of the Gregorian calendar. Could, yeah, <laughs> that came out weird, didn't it? Gregory, I, presumably. I tried to gargle my own tongue. Then, yeah. <laughs> me Gregory wrote
2: the Gregorian calendar. Yeah, it? yeah,
0: yeah. Dear Greg, they all pitched yeah. Jeff.
2: Well, Julian had a go for a while, didn't he? The
0: Julani, the Julianian,
2: the Ju, the Julian calendar
0: was the thing, wasn't it? Gonna be, and that was yeah, and the yeah. the the John Paulian one, which was going to be eight days a week. Hey, come on! Boom, boom, boom! Um,
2: so Greg, yeah, Greg had a go, and now that was one of Greg's two big wins. He got the calendar and the chant, <laughs> and the and the pasty shop. Well, that's true. Absolutely, the full set. Do you reckon Greg's the pasty shop is named after the
0: calendar? <laughs> <laughs> or imagine if it was called Gregorian pies, pies and sandwiches.
2: <laughs> Apparently, the vegan sausage It'd roll is
0: sensational. Have you had it? Uh, sensational's is an overclaim. Right, it just okay. doesn't not taste like a sausage roll. Oh, okay, it's pale, but it tastes Tex- all right. The texture all right? Yeah, it's good. You know, stick it, stick a bit of ketchup or brown sauce on it as well can't go wrong i mean you know no one knows what it is they just know what it isn't no i know that's That's the the thing that's That's vegan food
2: it's a strange thing isn't it one of my kids one of my kids is vegan and it's like it you i look at i look at the um obviously when i'm buying stuff now sometimes i just have to routinely check the back of it and go is there any of the of the of the uh, the forbidden items in this and the, Mm. the usual one is um there's milk powder. There's milk powder lurking in so many things you don't realise. Right. right. So, but the other thing is, I stand looking at this stuff on the back of here and going, I don't know what this is. None of it.
0: I, I just don't know what it is. But as long as it says plant based on the front, there yeah, apparently then you're it's all right, healthy, But yeah. it's like, well, heroin's a plant based. Yeah. yeah. It? <laughs> you
2: know heroin's vegan. Like, my was, um, yeah. My uh, my niece um, had a baby um, about five six weeks ago. Um, and she came round, and she had some, um, she had some uh, breast milk that she'd expressed that was in a little bottle, um, so that anyone could um, uh, could could feed the kid, right, um, yeah. not just her. So um, uh, and uh, and the and the one of my kids who is vegan, um, uh, my my niece said, look, just um, just you, you, you squeeze a bit out on the back of your hand, you know, to make sure the temperature is okay, you know, and then. Mm shove it in the kid's mouth and the one of my kids who is vegan said I that's not vegan is it that breast milk and we suddenly all had a bit of a fritz going breast milk isn't vegan No, that's true that's weird isn't it
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's why there's been Well, well it's sort of human dairy well yeah is it
2: but that's why there's never been
0: but it's vegan newborns Ah, because uh, well, they anyway can't be, can't we, well, yeah. Well, yeah well, because was, we live in meat before we come. We do, yeah. Back. We, we live in meat. You live in a meat house,
2: yeah. And then we come out to milk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now weird, deep
2: stuff. Weird. I mean, you say deep, but it's not. Um, do you love a foreign supermarket? I love a foreign supermarket. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean in another country? Yeah. Oh yeah, fucking great. I love They've it. all got the same smell. You go to France and you're going to Carrefour or something, you know, mm. and it's like, what's all this weird stuff? They've got different hoops. crisps. Look, you know, there's tins of hooves. <laughs> where you know, I'm going into a Spanish supermarket and there's like four thousand fucking hams hanging up all over the place. It's amazing. Yeah, they're so different.
0: Yeah, and and they let the vegetables be wonky and yeah, odd yeah, and yeah. Like half of them yeah. have gone off, yeah. and you look for the good one, and like proper
2: and there are places where you just simply can't get good cheese but there are but in its place there are about 2000 types of barely adequate cheese <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that outtake from the borat movie no where he's just asking about cheese fucking hell it's one of the funniest things from it's, the from, from the, the first oh, yeah, from the, the first borat yeah, yeah. movie yeah um uh, right. It's, yeah I think oh, I know what you mean, you know. He's being sh- He's in an American supermarket and yeah. he just got 2,000 bits of, uh, yeah. of uh, processed yes. cheese. And yeah. the, what is this? Uh, oh, that's cheese. And this? uh That's cheese. And he go- <laughs> goes on and on and does, on. Yeah. Gets to the end of the line, then goes yeah. all the way back to the other end of the line and starts on the row below and says, And this? <laughs> yeah, that's also cheese. Yeah." It just. <laughs> It's, a, it's an absolute exercise in taking something way too far and keeping it funny. It's amazing because it does and that trivial. nice thing. I read about Graham Chapman from Python once doing this. He had to go and speak uh, at, the, at some event in his old college in Cambridge. He dressed up as a carrot, right? And when it was his turn to speak, he stood up and he said nothing. And, he, and people thought it was funny and then they realised it isn't funny. And then the longer you stand there saying nothing, it becomes funny again. And yeah. then he, and then you go, "This is just ridiculous." Now it's not funny anymore. And he just he just rode that cycle of "This is funny, no, it's not. This is funny, no, it's not. This is funny, no, it's not." And that Borat thing is the best example of that I've ever seen.
0: How long do you reckon Chapman stood there? Oh God! How on. long do you get away with that for? Because I know the thing you mean. It's like a hysteria.
2: Yeah, it is. It is.
0: Yeah, that's
2: interesting. Again, that's interesting, isn't it? Because that's your brain then laughing at something where there's no funny thing has happened here. Yeah. I mean, with the Borat thing, it is genuinely funny because he's just being so fucking How stupid. How would you end
0: that if you were Graham Chapman?
2: Um, oh, he, I think he ended it by um, getting down on the floor, um, <laughs> biting someone's ankle and then and then scarpering out on all fours. Really? I think something like that, yeah. But I mean Graham Chapman, you know, bless him, he liked to drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did, yeah. I would have thought a good line I don't know how many minutes we're standing here, but that hysteria going up and down. Just just when some hysteria's finished and it's starting to calm down and everyone's going, Now what? We're all a bit out of the hysteria hysterical energy. I reckon you could just go, This is stupid <laughs> <laughs> And it might set people off again. But yeah experimental comedy eh yeah well yeah we've we've not had you on before and say we the audience Wait, and who me. are the others just oh the audience the, okay. the the patrons yeah um hey patrons
2: yeah um thanks for supporting my pal nico Wee. that's nice of you
0: it is he's a good lad and they are a great source of encouragement like you know i get messages saying i hope you're all right and well done and brilliant we miss you and all of that and that means the world and it gives me something to do uh, yeah that is fun and uh quite easy to commit to most of the time and so hopefully it
2: should it should be a two-way thing as well doing a podcast especially if you're doing one like this which is quite reflective yes you know then the, then, the, then the the dialogue with the audience is an important part of it you know definitely It's yeah, a bit they're... like that thing they say that a book isn't finished until it's in a reader's hands that's the finishing of the book mm,
0: very clever very clever this is why I married him <laughs> but you know semi man. yeah yeah well guys um, I'm gonna wrap it up um, there's lots more to talk about we'll get Jason back another time. Because but it's, n- it's nice, isn't it, to finally find out what would happen if two
2: middle-aged men sat down and made a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Be- <laughs> because, a radical because there's, experiment. there's
0: nothing else left to do. <laughs> Let's... Yeah. It's going somewhere. What? The... 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 Pod... Pod... The end... The... Of... The... That's enough of that. Um... Yeah, we're going to get Jason back on. He's he's an intriguing man. He's done lots of interesting things. We didn't really cover that today, but we'll we'll uh, we'll do that another time because he's he does some interesting musical things as well as comedy things and um we'll 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 get back onto that and talk about some more silly stuff as well. Thanks for coming on, Jason. Uh, no, thanks for to, joining yeah, me yeah. in a stranger's house.
2: Nice no, well I just don't I still don't know why we broke in here. I'm sure we're gonna get <laughs> caught If we take anything, do you think it should be that plastic pineapple ice bucket? As yeah. a little souvenir.
0: There's actually ice that comes out of the fridge, so let's oh, fill it, let's we fill the bugger equ- up. We can equip it. Let's we see. can
2: restore it to purpose. <laughs>
0: See how far we can get before all the ice melts. Yeah. And, and whoever's carrying it when the ice melts has to down it. The problem problem is they'll find us then, because we'll have left a trail of drips.
2: Plastic pineapple they'll drip know, juice. They'll know who, who broke into the house and stole the plastic pineapple.
0: That's why, mate. It. We're not criminals.
2: Yeah. Not even the fun-loving type. <laughs> So we're fun-loving, law-abiding... It doesn't work, Law-abiding so. criminal, no. Stick them up, punk, is the fun-loving, law-abiding... No, it doesn't work, no.
0: <laughs> Neither way. Neither way? Either way. Either way. Both ways. Howard's way. <laughs> Swan's way. We're doing it again. Yeah. We started, King's so way. we'll finish. <laughs> yeah. Um. Go away. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Oh, wasn't he nice? is Jason nice? What a lovely lad. Yes, that was Jason, everyone. You should be meeting him. I I would like him to be quite a regular guest, to be honest. So we'll see if we can do that. And I will be buzzing around his house a bit, doing some work. So there's every chance that we might fall into a pattern of podding a bit more. And that's a good thing, especially as we are a semi-married comedy um, couple and it's always good to keep your brand going yeah okay great um anyway yeah Jason's a legend I look forward to you hearing more about his very interesting career but you know I'm sure you can google him and stuff he he uh, most famously co-wrote all those um very smart um uh, ladybird books that are like kids' books from school that you can find that, that a couple of years ago were literally everywhere and everyone bought some. Well done for thinking of that! So, yeah, more Jason coming soon. Um, it's nice to get this first episode uh, recorded and uh, re familiarize myself just with dicking around, garage band, talking to people, editing uploading, and all that, and just feeling like it's possible again. Obviously, that is a that is a serious uh, improvement in my um, f- faculties. The fact that I'm even able to sit here talking, which sounds mad, but there it was, like a month ago now, probably three, four weeks ago. I literally was unable, most days, to even open a laptop.
1: Oh, it's too heavy!
0: So that's good, isn't it? Let's hope that this continues and that we get some momentum. I'd I'd like not to have to turn it off again. But obviously, we all know and I know I don't even have to explain this or or ask for permission. But uh, if things get fucking dark again, at least I know I can turn it off. But it would be good not only to keep it turned on, but to find ways of actually helping this grow a little bit because it's one of my favourite things in the world doing this and wouldn't it be nice to be able to make a bit more of a living doing it right so tell your friends get people to have a listen and you know join in the fun and I'm gonna probably try slightly harder to convince people to come and check it out too because every you know in a in a difficult uh, tv freelance writing market every fiverr genuinely helps keep me alive so that's good so thank you to everyone who's stayed on let's hope that we uh we continue to um add podsters to the stupid hearts club family because after all serious stuff aside uh, you know this is uh about a, a space to have fun and be silly and uh, enjoy our stupid hearts and be softies as well which is which also works as a title so it's fine and it's my stupid hearts club is also my if you've not already followed me it is my Instagram name and it's the name by which I will shortly hopefully be making more of an effort to go out and do some music gigs and all of that so yeah I am um, not really sure why I put everything under that umbrella, but I'm going to stick to it just because it's better than changing things all the time. And uh, that's who we are now, isn't it? We're a stupid arts club. So, what I'm going to say is thank you again. And going back to uh, the tradition that I started of having a little strum and a sing at the end of an episode... I thought I'd play you a little strum through because I've been learning new songs and doing little demos for backing tracks for my uh, for my uh, night job, and I've not got a backing track for this one yet. But I did learn to play a sort of slightly abridged version of a song that I really love lately. That, uh, in a slightly cheesy but heartfelt way, a few couple of months back at least, when I uh, when when you know the old Ukraine war kicked off. I found myself singing this song because it's uh, a lovely message of love and peace. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll have a go at that. Wrote all the chords down the other day and had a little strum through, sat in uh, in this funny little games room that I've um, found myself in while I've been house sitting, which is why I'm in someone else someone else's house. Anyway, here is my uh, little attempt of uh, Love in Need of Love Today by Stevie Wonder. See you next time, guys. Bye.
1: Good morning or evening, friend, is your friend the announcer? I've got serious news to pass on to everybody. What I'm about to say could mean the world's disaster, could change your joy and laughter. To tears and pains That love Any Of love today Don't delay Send your sin right away Mm -hmm. And hate It's going round Taking many heart Stop it please before it's going to fall. Apart. of evil plans make you its possession and it will if you let it destroy everybody we all must take precautionary measures if love and peace you treasure Then you'll hear me when I say That I will love Any I've today Don't delay Send yours in right away You know, hey going around breaking many hearts Stop it please before it's gone to fall Don't you know do the love any of our life today Don't delay Send yours in right away Don't you know the day And he's going round Breaking many hearts Stop it please Before it has gone too far Ooh
0: remember if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club uh your choice see you soon you internet weirdos i'm i'm
1: one